0: Hello, good evening. Once again, we are back. I know it's been a little while. Me and Sam's been out doing life. Um, Indeed, Sam's been life. Busy, with, busy with school. Um, I've been busy trying to get into a house. So, praise the Lord, we finally bought a house in this crazy market. Everyone says we're nuts, yes. but God. God's been faithful and He provided and He made a way. And um, we are mm-hmm. very grateful that we bought a house in the florida housing market which is a miracle in and of itself <laughs> yes, it is. so praise the lord for that um so besides that um what else that's it you know um little titus is getting big
1: he is saying he's, words his favorite word is hulk smash <laughs> <laughs> he loves he loves the avengers he loves hulk yeah, that's awesome he's, uh, a, he's growing sweet little boy
0: and my kids are, uh, well, no longer kids. They're <laughs> pretty much grown, almost adults. So, yeah. Um, so we're once again getting into the book of Ephesians. Uh, like I said, we were out for a little while. And so we want to pick back up in Ephesians in chapter 1 where we were. Uh, last, we, in our last episode, we covered many wonderful truths of our union in Christ. In uh, Great Doxology and... And a hymn of praise. Um, Give me one second here. Let me pull this up here so that way it's a little easier on my eyes. Sorry. (laughs) All right. so. So we see how we are blessed in Christ with all spiritual blessings and a eulogy of praise and commendation and is declaring God's goodness. And only God and God alone is truly good. Our supreme eulogy and glory are for him and him alone. We bless and praise Christ, who is the blessed and only sovereign, the King of kings and Lord of lords, who alone is immortality, who dwells in unapproachable light, whom no one has ever seen or can see. To him be honor and eternal dominion. Amen. So from here, we're going to go into our scripture, which uh, is Ephesians. Chapter 1, verses 7 through 14. And it says, Well, first and foremost, I'm sorry, we, if you're following us along, following with us, please open your Bibles with us to uh, Ephesians, chapter 1, verses 7 through 14. And it reads, In Him we have redemption through His blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses, according to the riches of His grace, which He lavished upon us in all wisdom and insight Might be to the praise of His glory. In Him you also, when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, and believed in Him, were sealed with the promised Holy Spirit, who is the guarantee of our inheritance until we acquire possession of it to the praise of His glory. So, our outline for today first, we're going to go through. Verses 7 through 10 will be in him we have redemption. The second point will be 11 through 12 in him we have an inheritance. And our third and final point will be in him we are sealed with the Holy Spirit. So we see how in Ephesians how Paul has basically outlined it for us with the words in him. Mm-hmm. Very important two little words and another important two little words that we will see later in ephesians is but
1: god Mm, absolutely all right so let's look at our first the first um verses here seven through ten so in him we have redemption um we'll read that those passages again verses 17 in him in him christ we have redemption through his blood the forgiveness of our trespasses according to the riches of his grace which he lavished upon us in all wisdom and insight, making known to us the mystery of his will, according to his purpose, which he set forth in Christ as a plan for the fullness of time to unite all things in him, things in heaven and things on earth. So Paul here continues with the spiritual blessings that we as Christians have in Christ. So in Christ we have redemptions, we are redeemed, from the slavery of sin and being set free through the payment as a ransom mm-hmm. so the, the theme of slaves being freed from slavery it harkens back to Israel being freed from slavery mm-hmm. so um, for you uh, this is a um, Deuteronomy uh, chapter 7 verses 6-8 through eight, for you are a people holy to the Lord your God from the hand of Pharaoh, king of Egypt. Mm. So in the Bible, redemption means liberation from slavery mm-hmm. upon the payment of a ransom. So this was, a f- w- this was familiar in Roman society and the redemption of slaves. But the biblical background is in Exodus. Mm-hmm. When the Israelites were slaves in Egypt, mm-hmm. they were liberated from captivity under Pharaoh and from God's judgment upon their sin. By the blood of sacrificed mm-hmm. Passover lambs. This is the background to Paul's second great spiritual blessing in Christ. In him, we have redemption through his blood. Mm-hmm. So we have, we have redemption because a blood payment was made. Mm-hmm. Though Through his blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses according to the riches of his grace. See, Christ willingly gave himself on the cross as the atoning sacrifice for our sins. And the ransom payment was his blood sacrifice. Christ was the substitutionary atonement that made a propitiation for God's wrath. Mm-hmm. Jesus, as Romans um, chapter 3:25 through 26 says, whom God, Jesus is whom God put forward as a propitiation by his blood mm-hmm. to be received by faith. This was to show God's righteousness, because in his divine forbearance, he had passed over former sins. Mm-hmm. Praise God for his divine forbearance. Amen. It was to show his righteousness at the present time, so that he might be just and the justifier of the one who has faith in Jesus? See, we were ransomed by His blood, mm-hmm. knowing that you were ransomed from the futile ways inherited from your forefathers, not with perishable things such as silver or gold, but with the precious blood of Christ, like that of a lamb without blemish or spot. That's First Peter one eighteen through nineteen. So R.C. Sproul here. Wonderfully says, God brings about this redemption through the blood of Christ. And this is linked by Paul with the forgiveness of sins. Mm -hmm. In the New Testament, the redemption of man is redemption from the bondage and the power of sin involving a resolution of the power of guilt. And Sproul goes on to say, I labor this point because the contemporary view is that God doesn't really take sin seriously. Yes, he acknowledges that evil is evil, but what he does with evil is that he simply forgives it. The means of redemption, however, is the blood of Christ. Mm -hmm. Nothing could speak louder about how seriously God views the problem of the alienation that exists between us and him because of our rebellion through our sin. So an atonement was made, a blood sacrifice was offered, and that becomes the basis of the forgiveness of sins. Mm-hmm. So redemption is accomplished through the atonement of Christ. And only through the atonement mm-hmm. of Christ. Because there is no other
0: sacrifice for sin but Amen. through Christ. So we go on um, in our text here. As we, as we as Christians, we have the forgiveness of of our trespasses according to the riches of his grace. As Colossians 1, 13-14 says, it says, he has delivered us from the domain of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved son. Verse 14 goes on to say, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. So we were dead In the trespasses and sins in which we once walked, following the course of this world, following the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that is now at work, and the sons of disobedience, excuse me, among whom we all once lived in the passions of our flesh, carrying out the desires of the body and the mind, and were by nature children of wrath like the rest of mankind. That is Ephesians 2, uh, that was verses... Where are the verses <laughs> sorry. <laughs> That's two to two to three. Sorry. So Paul goes on to say that God lavished this upon us. The Greek word lavished means well, the Greek word is not lavish, but the Greek for lavish means it's something like He abundantly gave us. That He gave us more than we needed. Surely here we're we're we are listening to Paul's joy what redemption and forgiveness, what a life we really have in Christ. We can virtually feel the tears rising within him as he sits in prison and thinks and speaks of the riches of God's grace which he lavished upon us. Thank you, Jesus. The riches of God's grace have been shown to us by Christ. Though we were dead in our sin and transgression, being enemies of God and deserving justly his holy wrath, but God, as Ephesians 2, 4 through 10 says, But God, being rich in mercy because of the great love which, which he, with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved and raised us up with him and seated us with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus, so that in the coming ages, Oh my, excuse me who possesses the riches of the universe, does not reach into his penny purse to provide a little grace to cover my sin. No, his grace is in accord with his vast riches. The abundance of his heavenly goodness is raining down on me, on you, immersing me, washing us, and taking our sin away as far as the east is from the west so that now continually and forever as uh, what adam said in his sermon from this time forward yes. and forevermore because i am united to christ i am clothed with the righteousness of god's own son amen
1: mm, absolutely see even this mystery <clears throat> the angels longed and to look into it is it, the trinitarian plan of redemption was to send his Son to reconcile sinners to Himself, making known to us the mystery of His will according to His purpose, which mm-hmm. He set forth in Christ as a plan for the fullness of time to unite all things in Him, mm-hmm. things in heaven and things on earth. Also, Galatians 4 4 through 7. But when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth His Son, born of woman, born under the law. To redeem those who were under the law, so that we might receive adoption as sons. And because you are sons, God has sent the Spirit of His Son into our hearts, crying, Abba, Father, so you are no longer a slave, but a son. And if a son, then an heir through God. Commentator Ian Hamilton says, Christ's redemption of sinners by the shedding of His blood has immediate implication for application to sinners. Mm. His redemption means that we are not our own, Mm -hmm. for we have been bought with a price. Therefore, Paul tells the Corinthians, glorify God in your body. Mm -hmm. It is one thing to confess the truth of the blood redemption of Christ and another thing to live as a blood-redeemed Forgiven sinner, glorify God consecrately in our bodies. We we bring every thought into submission to Christ and yield up our bodies to God as living sacrifices, Mm -hmm. which is our reasonable service. And not surprisingly, Paul once again tells us that his redemption in Christ is according to the riches of his grace. See, Paul never we wearies of magnifying the God of grace. Mm -hmm. He wants us never to forget for a moment that we are ever, that we and ever will be debtors to mercy alone. Mm -hmm. See, the grace of God is more than a theological or denominational distinctive. (laughs) The mark of a man or woman captured and captivated by grace is a humble heart and a worship filled life. Mm. See, doxology is the first resting place of biblical, authentic Calvinism. If it is not, then gospel grace is absent. Mm. So, the next point. um, So, we've seen that that in him we have redemption. Also, in him we have an inheritance. Mm -hmm. Verses 11 through 12. We have so much spiritual blessings in Christ. We are so blessed. Verses of, eleven through twelve. Yeah. That kinda reminds saying?
0: us of uh the psalm we, we, mm. we studied this morning in, in church, Psalm one fifteen. Mm. Um and the basically how how it begins is, you know, ex- like pointing out who God is and who glory is ascribed to. Like we're not to. Um, take any glory for ourselves mm-hmm. because the, the psalm begins um, Not to us, O Lord, not to us, but to your name give glory mm-hmm. for the sake of your steadfast love and your faithfulness. Mm-hmm. So, God's steadfast love and his faithfulness should cause us to reflect back praise to him because ultimately, mm-hmm. at the end of the psalm, it goes into praise, you know, it goes through trusting in the Lord. And through trusting in the Lord, we receive blessings in the Lord. And in receiving those blessings from the Lord, it it comes back to him in praise. So in verses 16 to 18, it says, the heavens are the Lord's heavens, but the earth he has given to the children of man. The dead do not praise the Lord, nor do any go down into, nor do any who go down into silence, but we will bless the Lord from this time forth and forevermore. Praise the Lord. Mm. so in in reading this it kind of reminded me yeah. of this morning and, and seeing how you know the grace of God and the mercy of God and all these things that we've received God's grace being lavished upon us should in our lives reflect back yeah. as he said you know in a life of worship and doxology, the doxology. right Absolutely. You know, worship filled life so um, mm. moving on we have verses 11 through 12 in him we have an inheritance um In Him we have obtained an inheritance, having been predestined according to the purpose of Him who works all things according to the counsel of His will, so that we who were the first to hope in Christ might be to, to the praise of His glory. The Christian union with Christ gives us more benefits of the spiritual blessings such as an inheritance. Later in this passage, the theme of our being God's inheritance will explicitly be articulated. But Paul says at the end of verse 18, that he's praying that the eyes of your heart would be enlightened so that we would know the riches of the glory of what of his inheritance in the saints. Colossians 1:12 says, giving thanks to the Father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of the saints in light. And in 1 Peter 1:3 through 5, it says, blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ according to his great mercy, he has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, to an inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled, and unfading, kept in heaven for you, who by God's power are being guarded through faith for a salvation ready to be revealed in the last time. So just as the Old Testament people of God were called God's inheritance, Men, women, boys, girls from every tribe, every tongue in all peoples and nations have become God's inheritance. The ones which he has chosen from before the foundation of the world that he wants for himself so that we who were the first to hope in Christ, verse 12, might be to the praise of his glory. Romans 11, says for from him and through him and to him are all things to him be glory forever." Amen. Ian Hamilton also uh, comments here, he says, We need to understand, however, that our blood-bought inheritance is not at heart a collection of blessings, even the glorious blessings so wonderfully described here in verses 3 to 10. Our inheritance is in Christ, because He is our inheritance. We must never attempt to separate Christ from His blessings and His benefits. He is our salvation and just as he is our peace Ephesians 2:14 and our wisdom from God the right and righteousness and sanctification and redemption God in Christ is the believers inheritance this is the incalculable and unfathomable unfathomable Wow I can't say the word <laughs> unfathomable inheritance that God gives to us when we believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. It is little wonder that Paul concludes this section with the words to the praise of his glory mm-hmm. so now we move on to um our next point in verses thirteen to fourteen but before I do that um just reading something here in the in the in the study Bible how um it explains the inheritance. It says that the inheritance seems to be, never mind, no, never mind, moving on, <laughs> never mind. But verses 13 to 14, in him you also, when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation and believed in him, were sealed with the promise Holy Spirit, who is the guarantee of our inheritance until we acquire possession of it to the praise of his glory. Would you like to expound on that, my brother Sam?
1: indeed. <laughs> so, as we've seen uh, so far, that we ha- what we have in Christ, um, in Christ through His blood, redemption, and forgiveness of our, of our sins, um, in proportion to or in accord with the abundant supply of His grace. So, moreover, we see that in Him we have obtained an inheritance— as earlier as earlier quoted that is Christ himself mm-hmm. that God has predestined us to him according to the counsel of his will mm. and finally we are sealed with the Holy Spirit mm. see Paul is stating that God's own spirit comes to and dwell the believer and secure and preserves his eternal salvation God is the author and perfecter of our salvation. Mm-hmm. And he seals it. So the sealing of which Paul speaks refers to an, an official mark of identification placed on a letter uh, or a contract or other document. It's binding. So this, that document was thereby officially under the authority of the person whose stamp was on the seal. Hmm. Four primary truths are signified by the seal. Security, mm-hmm. authenticity, ownership, authority. See, the Holy Spirit is given by God as His pledge of the believer's future inheritance and glory. Mm. So therefore, when when you have heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, and believed in Him, see, we as believers are forgiven and given an inheritance. And to top it all off, God guarantees our possession of these glorious blessings mm-hmm. that are found in Christ by stamping His royal seal of authenticity of them and by indwelling us with them through the Holy Spirit that has been promised. See, we can look at John 14 and see the Lord promising the Spirit. If you love me, you will keep my commandments and I will ask the Father and He will give you another helper to be with you forever, even the Spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees Him nor even knows Him. Mm. You know him, for he dwells with you and will be in you. Mm. See, we can go even further back to the Old Testament and see God promising his spirit in Ezekiel 36, verse 27. Notice, and I will put my spirit within you Mm -hmm. and cause you to walk in my statutes and be careful to obey my rules. By the spirit, God enables the believer to walk in in his statues mm-hmm. and to obey his rules. As well, we can read in Ezekiel thirty seven fourteen, mm-hmm. and I will put my spirit within you, and you shall live, and I will place you in your own land, then you shall know that I am the Lord. Mm-hmm. I have spoken, and I will do it, declares the Lord. See here see Paul's description in this text that we have read gives glory to God's triune work of redemption. The Father planned and purposed freely of His own kind intention and goodwill toward sinners. The Son came in the flesh and fulfilled all righteousness, so that through His blood, His atoning death on the cross would satisfy the justice of God, and mm-hmm. taking upon Himself the penalty of our sins, um, the penalty of our trespasses deserved, mm-hmm. and by His resurrection justifying, imputed righteousness of Christ, justifying us before the Father so that we are reconciled, redeemed, and adopted by Him. Mm-hmm. And the Spirit seals us, illuminates His Word to us, works holiness in us, mm-hmm. which is sanctification. And it is the down payment of our redemption in Christ until we possess Him who is our inheritance. And all glory to His, to God be praised and honored to Him and Him alone. Amen. Amen.
0: That reminds me of uh, the chain of salvation. That's Romans 8, verse 30, I believe. Order, I
1: can... order Salutis.
0: Is that the Ordo Salutis? Let's
1: see.
0: Yes. Yeah. It says that to those whom he predestined, he called, and those whom he called, he justified. And those whom he justified, he also glorified. Ah, Praise God. So here again, Ian Hamilton with the application says that Paul has shown us the active involvement of each person of the Trinity in our salvation. John Calvin wrote about a passage in an oration by a 4th century theologian named Gregory Nazianzen which he said vastly delights me. No sooner do I conceive of the one than I am illumined by the splendor of the three. No sooner do I distinguish them than I am carried back to the one. When I think of any one of the three, I think of him as the whole and my eyes are filled and the greater part of what I am thinking escapes me. So can you relate to Calvin's vast delights and to Gregory's overwhelming sense of the wonder of God's triunity. What time do we give as Christian believers to pondering the revealed glory of our triune Savior God? What honor do we ascribe in our personal and corporate worship to the persons, being, and acts of our triune God? The Christian faith rests upon and centers in the triune God, for of Him and through Him and to him are all things, to him to whom be glory forever. Amen. We quoted earlier Romans eleven thirty six. This is what Paul has shown us in these opening verses of Ephesians. A salvation in all its parts is founded in and flows from the three persons of the Godhead, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. The Father has chosen us, blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing, adopted us as his sons and predestined us according to his own eternal purpose and the son has redeemed us by his own blood and in union with him we come to possess and experience the riches of god's grace and the holy spirit has sealed us and as in the and is the guarantee of our inheritance in all of this the trinity has worked in one praise the lord So to close this up, what can we draw from these wonderful truths that we hear? We have our triune God working in us, you know, from uh, before the foundation of the world, working out a plan for our salvation, Um, the Father planning our salvation, the Son achieving our salvation through His blood atoning for our sin and the spirit, um, sealing us and not only sealing us, but in a sense, carrying us through our lives Mm -hmm. in sanctification, working, holding us in us, forming in us the image of Christ until we come to glory. And, and then through all of that in between, um, we have our lives, we have, you know, sometimes yeah. we we struggle with How our well. sins and sometimes we have moments where we're victorious and moments where we're not
1: yeah. i want to ask ask people out there as a christian what are you lacking mm. like if you think you are lacking anything you are gravely mistaken mm. because we have all spiritual blessings in christ mm-hmm. i mean think of it like Apart from Christ, we are poor, needy sinners. Yeah, we did not have an inheritance. We were destined to hell. Yeah, it's like some. The end of Psalm 15 says,
0: you know? like the dead do not
1: praise God. And then, and then Christ lavished His grace uh, upon us, mm. and He's He's given us His inheritance.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Like we're not lacking anything as Christians. That that should we are the the richest, blessed, um, spoiled—I <laughs> um, mean, I wouldn't say spoiled. Throw <laughs> that word in there. I would. Yeah, I mean, it,
0: things it, are spoiled. It, you throw them out. <laughs>
1: I mean, it's just the fact of Christ lavishing mm. these upon us—the
0: riches of His grace. I mean, it's like, not—it's not
1: nothing we deserve, nothing yeah, that we could have earned on
0: our own. I mean, or else grace would not be grace. I mean, it's not that we deserved it; it's just that like God, you know, desired for people to glory in Him, to be in to be mm-hmm. in awe in Him, to to praise Him. Not that He needed it; it's not a, a matter of you know. No. Don't don't hear me wrong and say that you know God needs our praise. No you know i I think that the praise works for us if anything that we would see his greatness and see his glory and see his majesty and be in awe of his steadfast love and his grace like don't don't like you know again pointing to psalm 115 is like not to us do the does the glory go no but to him you know the glory that he displays through his steadfast love his faithfulness his grace his mercy you know um and it's not just because a lot of time, I think we as human beings we tend to, I guess, temporally give uh, comparison to it. We try to see something, you know, that the wealthiest of the wealthiest pr- people, you know, not they're poor, dirt poor, compared, <laughs> compared to, to the yeah. riches of, yeah. of of God, you know, mm-hmm. and it's and it's not. And I'm just thinking that's you know we kind of think of that in a material sense, but we understand that it's it's beyond that. Mm. Like, I mean, it goes it, it goes beyond death. Yes, like God is, what is it? Um, the, the following psalm, and you know, Adam pointed it out. It's like Psalm 116. We says that God takes, is is pleased in the death of His saints. It's not so much that you know. That that praise and that worship and that glory that we carry through in our lives where we glorify him it doesn't just stop when we die it carries on through eternity yeah. where we're, we're we're in his presence and we we praise and glorify him
1: and it's going to be an image restored right. like god god created us in his image and that image was marred because of sin and, mm-hmm. and um being image bearers our true purpose and calling was to worship and glorify god and we apart from Christ, we fail yeah. because of sin. We fall and we mar. We drag God's name through the mud oh my. every day. I, and I, through Christ, He has redeemed us. That yeah. we would um, on, on earth be uh, image bearers of Christ who perfectly mm. um, is is God. Right. Um, and We're, you know, he's our he's our example, and we we being redeemed, and God drawing us back to Himself is transforming transforming us into um, true image bearers of Christ. Mm -hmm. That God would get the glory that He deserves Mm -hmm. um, through His saints.
0: Yeah, yeah. I think also, you know one thing to to go back to being marred by sin I think some have the I think it's because of sin we we hide from God or we run from God because of our sin I think the more accurate image and this is not an original illustration um, but you'll probably tell from who it is when I tell you it's like um, well I'll just say it my own way it's like not where it's not that we're running from god but we're actually we're his enemies Mm -hmm. so we're actually running towards god trying to take him off the throne Mm -hmm. and put ourselves on there and that's what sin does to us it's not so much that you know our sin we hide from god but i think at this point our the image has been so marred by sin we we want to take the place of Mm -hmm. god and you know therefore hence idolatry is you know one of the major top sins is like we we take an image even our own image and try to put it in the place of god and god will not um share his glory or his place with anyone else
1: or like little evil princes that want to usurp the throne usurp the, the throne right sit on the throne instead of god yeah right
0: so when we when we consider our sin, you know, it's, it's, it's a lot darker and a lot deeper and a lot more evil mm. than, than we, than we think, mm-hmm. you know, we can look at, you know, the most evil person in the world and they go, well, that's not me. I'm not that bad, oh, our but our hearts are capable of conceiving the most evil things. And, mm-hmm. and because of that, the atonement of Christ had to be made mm. atonement had to be made mm. um for that very reason um and so Christ on the cross is not just some passing thing it is eternally significant i mean why does it still apply today something that happened 2000 years ago still apply today because it is it is god's grace being lavished i mean there's no exhausting his grace there's no the worst of sinners can be forgiven mm. because of the inexhaustible grace of god and i you know even paul says it in in timothy you know i i am foremost you know um of sinners the chief of sinners as it says in the king james but i've received mercy mm. you know and anyone can receive mercy and if you're out there listening and You know, um, there's no sin that God cannot forgive. Amen. There's no sin that God cannot forgive. And let me me qualify that properly in Christ. mm -hmm. It's not that God overlooks your sin, you know, just arbitrarily. You know, well, he has to forgive me. I've been a good person. No, you have not been a good person Mm -hmm. because the only one good is God. All of us are enemies of God. We're all born enemies in our sin, enemies of God. And being enemies of God, an enemy needs to be reconciled to the king before you can sit at the king's table. Mm. So in order for us to be sitting at the king's table, we need to be reconciled. And the only way of reconciliation is through the blood of Christ that was shed for us. And if we, um, by faith, humble ourselves, which is hard to do, But, you know, in the in the work of God, that he changes our hearts when we when we when we believe in the finished work of Christ and his death and his life, um, his death and his resurrection. um, When we put our faith in that, God works in us and changing our hearts and causing us to believe that and God will make us new he will reconcile us and not will he reconcile you he will justify you not will he justify you but he also adopt your sons put his spirit in you and sanctify you renew you and make you into an image make you and uh, make you back into the image bearer that we were supposed to be even better because in, in, in my my thinking it's better because we have christ um it's the best yeah, we have Christ. We're being made into the image of the God-Man of Christ Himself, and and it's, it's not we're not missing anything. Mm. We're not lacking anything Absolutely. to be blessed. It's a it's a blessed life. The Christian life is a blessed life. No matter suffering tribulation, it it's it's all a blessing because an understanding that it's a blessing is because we know that this suffering will end. This life, when it ends, our suffering is over, but for those who are without Christ, their suffering has only just, just begun. begun.
1: Yeah, and this, this should this should give us hope. I mean, when you a few things to think about, um, it should make us think of the weight of our sin. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's it's important to understand that we are sinners, and that, and we should not take that lightly at all. Mm-hmm. Um. It also should it should humble us, um, because, guys, it, this is by grace through faith mm-hmm. uh, that we have in Christ. We have we're no longer enemies of God. God has reconciled us through His Son. We're at peace. That is the, that is the truest peace you and I will ever have in life. Is being reconciled to God, and that is wonderful. That mm-hmm. God has has made a way. Um, through his son that we could come to him and be in relationship with him he is our joy he is our he is the fountain of joy that fills our souls that we may um that we may glut on in eternity Um, and it should also give us assurance i mean it's not just it's not just past since that we're talking about but it's present sense Mm -hmm. as well um guys these benefits that we have in christ are not only just past tense but present tense Mm -hmm. in the now Mm -hmm. um like and and that's the thing that adam mentioned in 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 the sermon like that it's you can have this salvation now Mm -hmm. you can have this all well, these um,
0: blessings and these benefits that we receive from Christ is what carries us through yes. this life. Is mm-hmm. His grace, and um, all those things carries us through this life. Is remembering the gospel. Is remembering His word. Remembering His commands. Mm-hmm. You know, just Christ through His word, through His Spirit, through fellowship, through church, through you know the 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 sacraments, all those things that we receive from Christ are the things, the graces that He, through the Spirit in us, carries us through. Mm. It's what carries us through our low times and even our high times. Yeah. And it give I'm not going to say it makes I'm life sure. easy, but it, it, I mean, I don't know.
1: Yeah.
0: I don't want to say easy because it doesn't make it easy. I mean we, yeah, there's makes, there's much suffering. I'm not trying to downplay suffering. Don't don't hear me. No, but hear seeing me that, wrong. through that
1: suffering, we see all the more of the joy that we have in God. Right, right, right. That yeah. leads us to to see and Savior oh, who God is. That he is our joy. Um that he is our hope. <clears throat> um, so it gives us assurance that that guys in no sin that we do um it should keep us apart from God no I mean the Holy Spirit seals us um in these benefits should in make these you run to God yeah it should lead us to um you know his, his grace should lead us to repentance mm-hmm. to lead us to trust in him so these um it's also important to understand your identity in Christ. I mean, this is all that Paul is talking about of who we are in Christ Jesus. Mm-hmm. Um, should um, you know we're not marked by our sin. We're not marked by the good things we do. We are in Christ. Um, so these things I hope that you guys would think on that you would you would dwell on, that you would, treasure christ and all things um that you would soak up his word uh that you would know him more intimately mm-hmm. uh that this this knowledge would lead you to zo- to doxology and praise yeah um that you would read ephesians and that you would just sit there and worship on your knees thanking christ yeah. um that he is that he has shown you this grace that he's shown you this mercy um because we were wretched sinners mm. wretched my mm. heart would never pursue God It would always choose sin yep. had, we, had
0: he not pursued us mm. uh, we would still be in our sin but praise God that he has not left us without a way of salvation um so I pray and hope and Lord willing um whoever's listening hopefully this will lead you if you're feeling god is far away or you're far away from the lord that you it will lead you back to him and you know he is not a savior who is far off but he is near to us so praise god um next episode i don't know when it's gonna be but hopefully sooner than uh this last time but we'll be looking into verses 15 through 23, closing out the chapter, first chapter, uh, I mean, first chapter, yeah, yeah, of Ephesians and moving on to chapter 2. And um, yeah, Lord willing, we'll get there. Um, look forward to more time in His Word, more time being able to serve you because we are here as servants of Christ. Um, through his word to you and pray that you are blessed and that he blesses you all through his through his word and by his spirit and all spiritual blessings which he lavished upon you so Mm -hmm. um thanks be to god god be praised you all have a wonderful time in the lord from here until forevermore indeed amen good night guys. good night